Hold What's on. up guys, my name is Sean, I'm here with another episode and I'm joined with Maria and Steph. We are currently at Perform Studio, it's a female specific training studio based in Hong Kong Central, so be sure to check it out. Um, ladies, I'm really excited, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. So, before you guys introduce yourselves, let's uh, choose our poison. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> are you going to go with tequila or are you going to go no, with... No. I'm going to start with vodka and right. I might go with tequila. Great. So, so the good. theme for tonight is Mexican. Mm -hmm. So that's her. Um, we shall uh, just her. take some tequila. I'm to the brim because it's small. <clears throat> oh no. Okay. Cheers, guys. All right, cheers. Salute. Wow. First one down. How many do people normally do on your show? I actually have watched your shows. And I was just saying to her, most just do one. One or two. Luce and Ross did quite a few, and then we ended up going out that night. So <laughs> right, okay. okay. <laughs> so let's get to it. Having you guys on, I think we all have something in common, which is weight training. Um, you compete in CrossFit, right? I do. You do? Yeah. And Maria, you competed in powerlifting, some boxing. And bikini, yes. Bikini. A few years ago, yes. Um, yeah. What motivates you? What motivated you to get into weightlifting in the first place? Because I have my reasons, so I'm curious to know the viewers would know what your reasons are. Yeah. So when I, I've always been part of group training, um, but never actually lifted weights until 20, ooh, 2008. And I saw this badass group outside. They were doing sandbags and a bunch of. Um, they're doing sandbags and running with it and I was like I want to kind of join that and I did my first class and I died and I was like I need to do more um, and then I got into the space in terms of working with CrossFit gyms and that kind of brought on the love for CrossFit specifically uh, but just strength and conditioning it's just for me it's always been something that I look forward to on a daily basis and the, the fact is like you see progress within the weight uh, over time and, and kind of how it, you feel after the workouts and yeah I've just just addicted to it. Yeah. And you, <clears throat> yeah, well, um, pretty much the same except my journey to strength training only started about, mm, I don't know, just six years ago. So I'm quite young to it. So in my late 30s. Um, so I was always the cardio bunny doing cycling and trail running. Busted up my knees real good. Um, and then my husband said, you know, if you really want to start getting toned and um, try to start seeing a difference in your body, like you've got to get, you got to get to weight training. Um, mm -hmm. And then I did, and I fell in love with it. Um, just again, like Stephanie said, I started seeing changes, sort of just in the way I was training and how I was looking, um, how strong I started feeling. Um, and then that was it. I was hooked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just moving on, you know, going from there. With strength training, you know, like you have this sort of worry, I guess women do. You know, I started at a, at a gym where it was very male dominant in the weight area, so that I would, that had always taken me away from trying yeah. to wanting to learn. Um, but once I got on the floor and could see that I actually knew what I was doing, I was no longer worried about what was happening around me because I could see the changes within me. Um, and then just moving forward, it's just that's just what I do now. It's just part of my daily routine. Interesting. So yeah. were you intimidated by that male presence in the gym? Absolutely. I think that's very, think very people, common. Yeah, most people are. Yeah. And like, what, what's that reasoning? What's the reasoning behind that? Because I am also, when I started weight training, I was also pretty intimidated because I'm skinny guy and like I was like oh shit these guys are huge so yeah obviously is that kind of the similar reason or is it yeah pretty much um, yeah. you know the grunting <laughs> and the um, I hate to say the stairs and you know <laughs> 
Um, and then I guess your own confidence in what you're doing. You know, once I got more confident, I, could, I didn't care what was going on around me. Um, but as a beginner, it's very, very intimidating. I think anywhere in the world, really, when you're one, just one woman against six, seven guys that are weight training on their own um, with the big weights, it's, it's intimidating, but not anymore. I think the lack of confidence is the massive part. It's like the fact is you just pointed out, you're like, well, you looked at, you perceived yourself as being the skinny person is like, how could you do it? And females look at it the same way as like, well, I'm not there yet. And so the comparison comes in. It's like, I'm at this level, they're at that level, and how am I'm never going to get there. And then you throw on top of that in a, let's say, a global gym um, perspective is that people are doing things that you don't know how to. And so it's like, how do you get to the point of, I don't know how to do that, and therefore my confidence is less, and I'm just going to stay away from it. And the intimidation is, what are people going to perceive, or what are they going to think of me, because I don't know how to do that movement. Um, and so I think that that's where kind of it's like male or female, females a little bit more um, when you're talking about training on their own. They don't do the homework. They don't go onto the, the YouTubes. They don't look at someone else. They don't get a buddy who says, like, hey, let's go learn this. They kind of are just like, okay, they go to the gym and then they immediately go to the cardio because they know how to walk or they know how to use that piece of equipment versus actually going to try to learn. I think that's what I've perceived and kind of obviously over the years of working with just females, it's that lack of confidence that most people or most women are looking at is like that's what that's what stops them dead in their track from actually getting into weight training in the first place. No doubt, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I also kind of think that like um, a, a lot of females sometimes have come come to me. I'm sure you've had clients and they've said, "Hey, Sean, like I'm scared I'm going to get bulky." Um, I have my own like. Uh, theory about why you won't get bulky. Like, I think people would love to hear from your perspective. What do you tell any female coming to the, to the gym? Because obviously your body is going to change. Um, but I don't like to use this term bulky because I think right. it's, it's a yeah. facade in its own sense. Um, yeah. You're just going to build muscle tissue. You're stressing the stimulus, and yet you might grow a little bit. But I mean, if I try to calm their nerves by saying, like, if you're going to get bulky, look, you need to be in a very heavy calorie surplus. And even if you are in a surplus, mm -hmm. you, a lot of people, you probably only see the difference. A lot of people from the outside will be like, okay, yeah, you, you've changed, but, like, it's more you looking in the mirror. Uh -huh. And you see these small definitions and, like, oh, I'm getting bigger here and here. But realistically, a lot of guys, and I don't know about girls, but they don't, like, oh, okay, we won't even recognize it. So yeah. unless you're in, like, a really big, like, maybe competition or something like that, then yeah, for sure. But any sort of average goer, I don't know, I would say. And I even break it down even more than that. Because the mm. everyday individual, even if you were to say, you need to be in a high surplus, you need to do heavy weightlifting, they have no idea because most of them are new. And so you need to break it down and saying, what is your overall goal? And they're like, well, I want to see definition. Okay, great, what is definition? I don't know. Do you know the definition is where you can see muscle? Yes. And typically what the bulkiness is, is when you have body fat on top of muscle. So you want to have tone or you want to be sculpted, correct? Yes. Then in order to do that, you need to build muscle and you need to have a balance between your energy of what you eat. Yeah. This, nutrition. this yeah. is what I always say is you need to do as much of this as you do this, yeah. this to this. And that's like my go-to and they're like, okay, but there's still, it, it's defying of that the fact is they look at someone who is muscular in the media and they say that person is bulky. It's like, no, that person is not bulky. They have muscle and it's most likely because that's their goal to get as muscular as possible because they want to get as strong as possible. Mm -hmm. But if you're truly looking at just being lean but having definition, there has to be a balance between your 
the energy, which is food, and strength training. And so it's like, it's trying to break it down as simplistic as possible, but it's still something we fight every day. Okay. Every single day we still fight. Yeah. And it's, I'll use an example. I had a conversation with a girl the other day um, and she said, oh, that person looks bulky. And I'll, she looks, she, she looks bulky. And I said, why do you think she looks bulky? And they said, she looks like a man. And I was like, well, what's your definition of what a female should look like? Mm-hmm. And she couldn't answer it. And it's like, okay, so you have this defined image within your head of what a male should look like, which is muscular, tone, um, and a female is meant to be what? You don't know. And so it's this image that people have of like, well, bulky equals you look like a man right. versus lean, lean, and you catch words, lean, um, tone, sculpted is what a female should look like. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why can't you be both? True. Yeah. True. I completely agree, yeah. I think a lot of people would listen to that and take into that because still, you know, but they're obviously, as you said, they're not educated, they don't read and like, mm-hmm. and it's our job, I guess, it is. fitness um, trainers or coaches to help them. Um, I get the same thing, it's, it's kind of that concept where like, you know, girls will come, females will be like, I want to train my glutes, but I don't want to get big quads and hamstrings. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Are you going to yeah. do like banded hip thrusts? Like, no, no, you need stimulus, you need eccentric loading, heavy load, and your, your, your glutes are going to grow for sure, or shape. Yeah. But you need to have like your hamstrings and quads are going to be, your calves are going to be involved. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't just like, like have all the cake. Right. Well, it's when they spot check. They're like, oh, I want to, I want to lose this or I want to lose this. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But it doesn't also help when, when there's magazines that say it's like yeah. six pack abs in six days. It's like it doesn't really because everyone would have six pack abs if that was the case. Yeah, you look at I'm sure you you you, you, do, you, you know you follow MMA right, Maria? Yeah. And you see the fighters who weigh on stage and they look amazing. They're obviously water cutting. <laughs> water cutting, absolutely. And, yeah. and some of them don't make it to the stage because yeah. how how hard it is within so many days so, and yeah. then when they come fight night they look totally like quite a lot different you mm-hmm. know they have their muscles are fuller they're <laughs> yeah. healthier they're ready to go yeah. people's like i want to look like that i was the same thing i was like i don't look like conor mcgregor like like that mm-hmm. it's like you're not going to stay looks like that for like four hours, four hours yeah. Yeah. But yeah you also have to put it in perspective as like that's people's jobs yes they're correct. professional yeah. athletes yeah like they get paid whether they get paid or not they do that all day long People who come to the gym are not, you're, you want to have a life. So you have to balance your training, your lifestyle, your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery. You have to balance all of that. It's like, well, which one weighs out more? You want a six pack? Okay, fine. That means that you need to cut down on the drinking with your friends. You need to eat um, to the amount of energy in which you're uh, exerting. Okay, you need to get sleep recovery. You need to train with the um, stimulus in the class and the intensity. Are you willing to do all of that, which means your friends want to go out to eat, you can't because you have to actually watch it. It's like, you can you can find a balance. You just may not look exactly the way in which your ideal body weight is. But even when having that conversation is like, you, have you ever been to that body weight? And they're like, no. Then how do you know that's gonna make you happy? Mm. And when you get there, is that really going to make you happy? Yeah. And, and none of them have ever been. It's the, oh, well, that's the weight that I was before. It's like, but where you were 10 years ago is way different than where you are now. I think I learned that. Just that a lot of reality checks yeah. need to be put in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think unless you're there, it's really hard to know. Because, you know, like with bikini fitness, you push your body to the ultimate, right? I, I mean, yeah. you just, you push it. Um, and... 
I learned there that I never want to be that small again because that was hard. That was four months of just, that was really, really hard. Um, it was a goal I had set myself to do. Um, I had done a local Hong Kong co competition and then I said if I ever did it again, I wanted to beat myself from the first competition. And then I did Olympia Asia in 2016. And that was just my best physique ever. Mm -hmm. um, but wow, it's, it was, it's almost still traumatic because it was just the recovery from that. Um, I didn't properly know how to recover from it because I was so unbelievably lean and hot and I could see every single muscle and curve in my body. I loved it. And then the show was over and I was so fucking hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was like, and I ate everything and I gained like, I don't know, like 15 <laughs> kilos in like two weeks. Uh -huh. And then I had really horrible body dysmorphia after that because I kept comparing myself to what I looked like on stage. Um, and that was a big learning curve for me because it was just like, wait a minute, um, you can't do that. And now I get a lot of comments like, oh, Maria, you should try to compete again. And I'm like, oh, hell no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Um, but I think a lot of women don't really, they're like, oh, I want to get down to 57. Like somebody like me, I want to get down to 57. I got down to 57, but man, that was, that was, I was literally just like the fighters, only 57 kilos for like four hours on stage. And the minute I got off stage, I had to hydrate and I was eating gummy bears and Pop-Tarts and yeah. Gatorades because you just completely so dehydrated, right? Um, but my normal weight walking around is 63, 64. Yeah. So, you it's know, just it's not sustainable. sustainable. Um, and I think that's what a lot of women, they need to, you know, maybe go through that and then come back to reality and be like, whoa. Because also, four months of nothing, no social life. I was eating chicken, broccoli, right. and rice for four months. I was working full time and trying to train and have the kids, you know, three boys. Um, it just caused havoc in my household as well because I was hangry all the time. <laughs> my, kids would come up, my kids would come home <laughs> with candy and I'd be like, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's not easy, right? It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there is this image that people, men as well, yeah. men and women yeah. are no different, yeah. is that there's this yeah. perceived image in which they want. And men are a little bit more disciplined in order to do it. Um, females, as long as they train properly and they watch the nutrition, it's possible over time. Right. Yeah. Right. But you have to have the balance. But I think a lot of a lot of even men and women don't understand. It's the nutrition part. Uh -huh. You train for four hours in the gym, but if you keep eating the same, or you eat the crap food and you work out four hours, you're mm -hmm. gonna keep looking the same, if not even worse, because then you bulk. For sure. <laughs> because right. you're growing muscle and you're gaining fat. So then yeah. that's how you get bigger. Yeah, you're just training for kind of a, you're just going for like, to get stronger in the gym, you're not really gonna progress in any sort of way if nutrition's no. on point. And also, I start to kind of implement a lot of things with sleep. Sleep yes. is a huge mm -hmm. thing. Um, people neglect it. I was training a guy who was training five times a week, but he was in finance and he didn't have any sleep. sleep. I was like, dude, don't train with me. Cut down from two two sessions a week or three sessions a week. Like, no more. Yeah. Like, I don't really need, even though I needed the money at the time, I was like, this guy is in the catabolic state. Mm. Like, let's let's be real here and let's, cause let's save his like his like health a little bit. People make it so underrated. It's um, I'm not sure. I recently saw a podcast. Um, he's a British guy. Um, He's a sleep scientist. I don't know if you know Robert or something. I'll double check that. But he talks about like if you're on like four hours of sleep, which a lot of people are like mm -hmm. that in Hong Kong. I hear that many, many times. Apparently in some study that you're legally drunk. Right. Yeah. Like, they don't allow people to drive because you can be, you know, the guys who drive the really long trucks for hours and hours. They don't allow that because you're like potentially like you have no sense of awareness. So sleep is a huge thing, you know, you recover from that and I'm sure you tell like 
people here, so that's one thing that I'm a advocate for. But yeah, very important. <clears throat> what would you yeah. say like your favorite part of like uh, like what is your favorite training? Like, um, personally. Personally, yeah. Um, I mean, I love strength training. So okay. Um, so I do. So obviously, <clears throat> perform as a strength conditioning gym. I've always done CrossFit. I like the sport of CrossFit. Um, I like the competition side of it, but I don't do it other than one hour, I, I train one hour a day. Um, and so anything that has any type of strength training barbell work, okay. I absolutely love. Um, whether that is powerlifting movements, Olympic weightlifting movements, so you're talking uh, your snatch, your clean and jerk, your deadlift, your squat, um, not necessarily bench press, but anything with a barbell, I just love. Um, and so that would, if I could only train with a barbell, that would be my go-to any day of the day, any day I, of the week. I class CrossFit athletes and MMA athletes in the same brand. I feel like they're the fittest athletes in the world. You're using like all energy systems across yeah. the board and you're, you have to do, I did, correct me if I'm wrong, Seth. Do you have to lift X amount of weight as fast as you can, really heavy, with the shortest amount of time, <laughs> as many times? Constantly varied, functional fitness. Is that that's CrossFit? That's essentially, yeah. Um, across um, multiple domains and so you're talking as fast as you can as many reps as you can as heavy as you can but then incorporate into their cardiovascular um, some conditioning you got gymnastics in there and then you also need to be um, sk high skilled in order to do complex movements like a snatch and a clean and jerk so Olympic lift circles right it's crazy it's it's everything and so that's why it's it depends why I yeah, and for me, it's like injury is, uh, it's not worth it pushing past that threshold. Um, and so there are certain movements where if it's done at high levels, I'm just like, it's not for me. Because I'm in it for the longevity. I want to make sure that I'm non-injured and I can train, you know, on a daily basis or five to six times a week. And it not be a point where I have to not do something that I enjoy because I pushed it too much. And so, um, CrossFit's fun, uh, but I think from a programming standpoint, strength and conditioning is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's and anything with a barbell. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Chalk. Same. Tape. Everything. Steel in your hands. <laughs> Same. Absolutely. I'm not in any shape or form to do any clean, snap, jerk. No, not without like literally smashing myself in the face with a bar. <laughs> useless at it, useless. Yeah. Um, but strength training, um, but specifically strength training in a group environment. Oh, you like that group environment? Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. I will yeah. not work out on my own. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I actually, I like working on my own, but not until recently, I found that having a training partner is a big difference. Like, they will push out those extra reps that I never thought, like, I yeah. because I train at Maximus and Jeff yeah. is the manager there. And every time they want to train, and I get way more of the workout in those like 60 to 90 minutes than me on my own. Because sometimes on days I just don't want to push. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, ah, rep number is six. You're like, what? Yeah. Check my phone, <laughs> drink yeah. some water. Yeah. Hey guys, how are you it's doing? Yeah. And it's just the whole the community aspect of it, right? You've got your friends, your gym friends become good mm -hmm. friends. And um, you look forward to the next day, right? Then you start texting each other and being like, okay, let's do this class Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Then you, then you just start sort of pumping each other up the minute you walk into the door. Um, group training is just it's just my thing, I love it. Um, and I learned that here before, many okay, years ago. Okay. So that was just, that was it. Yeah, that's, this is where it all started for me, so yeah. 
for people who don't know perform, yeah. what's your, um, you obviously are now the, the have you been the managing director for a while, you just recently? No, so oh. I joined at the end of 2017 as managing director and then July 1st I took over as owner. Congratulations. Thank you. Shots. Shots. Yeah, okay, right. Shots. All right. Okay. Shots. All right. Shots to. Uh, I'll, try, um, I'll try that one. Okay, great. You're going to try this? Yeah, All right. Can you put some on the rim? It's, yeah. it's okay. coconut, right? Yes. It's a co yeah, sure. It's coconut. So we're going to take a shot to this female badass boss lady here. All right. Thank you. Um, oh, wait. No, this is Okay. Okay. It's really not that bad. Just, just make sure you get the suck it up. Yeah, right. okay. Suck it up, shots of shot. Cheers. It's not bad. Mm. Oh my god. The salt, dude. Mm. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you take a lot of it in, it's like, oof. come on. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back to perform. Um, yeah. What's your uh, What's your like um, goal or like what are you trying to project to the public, um, clients who ever come in here? Yeah. I've read your website. Right. You. Maybe they want to look better. Right. <laughs> um. So, I think it's good to, to just talk a little bit about um, prior to coming to perform because I was in the Middle East before this. And I had opened uh, nine different facilities of which four of them were female specific. The reason I moved to Kuwait was to open the first CrossFit female uh, gym there. Um, and so that's where it really inspired me and the fact is women need a community and they need a space where they feel like people understand what it is that they want. And they need to be supported and they needed to do it under guidance of a coach. And so when I say I don't work out on my own, it's like I've always done group training and I, I truly believe in it because there's the, the community aspect, just like Maria said, but there's also the coaching aspect. So you always have someone. And when you have someone next to you who's like, come on, you can do more, it puts a little bit more faith inside yourself. And so, you know, the intention of Perform is to create an atmosphere and a community in which women feel supported, they feel guided, but then they're also able to achieve what it is that they never thought was possible. And I think that the thing that I see a lot through strength training is that confidence. I've seen women walk in with baggy clothes, long pants, and then they start lifting and they start training a little bit more. And then all of a sudden they're in tank tops <laughs> and then they go into shorts and then all of a sudden they're training in sports bras. And now they're like, right, I want to lift. They attack the bar, meaning they got a deadlift, and they're like, I want to see how heavy I can actually go because they gain that confidence through the other individuals that were with them, but all within themselves because they've been able to see that progress. And that's the part is when someone else gets to celebrate the success, everyone else in the group celebrates with them. And that's the part it's like high fives all together. The coach is there to you know, guide and support and cheer them on but you got your best friend next to you and so it's like we have people who are like all of our, our all of our members are friends they've never met each other before they're all in completely different industries yet they came together because they sweated and they were like wow we just did that and so in terms of like moving forward is i want to continue that momentum that we've been building over the last three years and performance been around for five and a half um, and so, you know, it's just continuing that momentum and being able to have perform as a household where females know that they have a place that they can go and be supported, but also get strong and healthy and live better lives than they ever did before. Incredible. Yeah. yeah.
I think there needs to be more of that here. I agree. And I'm sure it's, it's going to grow, I think, with your exposure and the quality that you produce. People will look into it and, and you should build from there. I think people, also with strength training, I think it's an amazing tool. For me, of course, like, yeah, when I started to, to strength train or hypertrophy, whatever it was, like, yeah, I wanted to look good, but I started to feel so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, you use this kind of chemical in your body, you have, like, the feel-good hormones, right? Yeah. Like your endorphin kick. And, like, it's almost like you've taken, like, like a pill at a festival, like your eyes start to die, like in the, in the shower, like holy shit, I've just like, <laughs> so much, it's fucking buzzing. Yeah. Obviously it wears off quicker than right. a normal drug, but yeah. it's just like, oh, like if, if I'm ever kind of like sad, upset, anxious, I'll go to the gym and I feel like a lot better. Yeah. And so perform is a perfect platform for ladies, anyone to come in and just, and kind of get a kickstart that chemical reaction and you're like, okay, great. And you just kickstart your day. Mm. Yeah. We have this class called Igniter, it's on Thursdays, that's when we do our conditioning. So we have a bunch of different classes. We have, um, so on Mondays we have metabolic conditioning, uh, Tuesdays we have hypertrophy, Wednesday we have lifter classes, Thursday we're back to metabolic, and then Thursdays we have strength and power. And Thursdays we call our Igniter, and that's like our big one, which it's, um, it could be interval based, but it's, it's a Metcon. And our saying for at the end, and the women are sprawled out on their backs dying, and they're like, oh my god, I died. And our go-to is, but did you die? Yeah. And they're like, no. And then they're like, and that just gives them the burst of energy. They're like, holy shit, I just made my, I just got through that. <laughs> and then they talk about it all day because they went into it with this mindset of it's like, I'm not going to finish it or I'm not going to be able to do it. And then at the end of it, when they're actually able to do what they thought that they couldn't, that's when the energy, that's when the endorphins are like, holy shit. Like, they're like, whew, let's do it again. So cool. Yeah, it's so good. Obviously, okay. the Olympics you've heard about, Laurel. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious to know, like, if you were competing athlete in the Olympics. Oh, do we dare go um, there? Okay, all right. And <laughs> she was competing against you. Would you see her as just like another competitor and be like, okay, it's fine, I'm going to compete and do my best? Or would you feel hard done by a few people that would say it around? So, because <clears throat> I've had a few conversations with sort of some um, in the community at where I work at Go24 about powerlifting. Mm. And some of the women, because I've been, you know, attempted powerlifting once, um, and we discussed it one day at the front desk, and I honestly don't know how I would feel about it, being 42 years old and competing with another 42-year-old who, yeah, I, it, 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 I don't know, it's, it's kind of... I, I wouldn't. Like, and, and we we did, um, our head coach actually held a conversation in one of our team meetings, um, uh, they did a presentation specifically on looking at the data, the, the physiological and the biological difference between males and females and when it comes to sports and looking at it from a male perspective and a female perspective and um, the fastest sprint numbers versus the fastest um, sprint numbers for males to females. Mm. Um, you know, we looked at the um, skeletal system of a male versus a female. We looked at the muscle mass of a male versus a female and talking about averages and things like that. Um, and that the fact is like there is a massive difference between the biological difference between a male and a female from birth and or at birth Um, and you have physiological changes that happen um, physiological changes that happen when someone is transferring from uh, one sex to another Um, and and totally down look someone wants to I don't care and I think what the issue is is what I find is that specifically in the Olympics is that they don't ask you, they ask you to identify who you are. So they ask you, are you a male or a female? 
And so if you identify as a male or you identify as a female, that's what they're going off of. And you have the right to identify with whatever you want. So I think that they just need to get a little bit more clear in terms of like, what does that identification mean? Is it identification from birth because of a biological perspective? Um, or is or it what transition sector? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even if you are transitional, there's, so if you are going to allow transitional, is that even if there is a transitional period in which you have to, so let's say you have to do it for more than six months or 12 months because you have to be on a hormonal replacement, Either you're going to be on a hormonal replacement or you're going to be on a, um, um, a I think it, it's not a deficit, but you would be going the opposite way, um, whether you're going male to female, female to male. Um, so if you're looking at it from there, there's no timeline in which it's like, okay, you have to be on this for 12 months. But even if you're looking at that, even if they're reducing the amount of testosterone in them, they're still higher than significantly more women. And this is where it comes in is as a female, if I were to test with higher testosterone, let's say I was a biological, I am a biological female, but let's say I was um, a biological female competing and I naturally had higher levels of testosterone, that would be marked and I could potential, what does this happen? Not be able to compete because my testosterone levels are higher significantly in what they, in the what average, the, what the yeah. average female is. And so yeah. now you're looking at it as like, well now you're, you're allowing this individual who is identifying. Great, I don't care, identify whatever you want. But if we're talking biological and we're talking physiological, those are two different components yes. of the conversation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's crazy to think. And I think it's the governing body of the Olympics needs to change a little bit. Because she didn't really do anything, she's just pursuing her dreams. Yeah, but, yes. Which she can. Yeah, that's the thing, I agree. But realistically, like they say, oh, as you said, your testosterone levels have to be a certain amount. But, you know, like going. Biologically, as a male going through puberty, mm-hmm. you can build relative and absolute strength over a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Then the testosterone levels can drop, but you still have that thing. It's almost like going in a steroid cycle. You could build right. X amount, then go off the cycle, and you have your gains. You've built mm-hmm. it over six, seven months. Right. It's not like you lose it instantly. No, no. Yeah. You have it. The athletes there that have used it, they've, they've been out, they've been open about it, and we've all heard it. So, like, you know, um, and there's strong supplements. And what's I mean, what's the difference about going, you have like um, a male body, uh, male biology, and you work your ass off, and then you can identify as, I don't know, it's a bit of a iffy thing, but who am I to say, you know, this is just... Yeah. Do you, are you guys South Park fans? Um, no. I watch a little bit. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you watch The Strongest Woman? No. Is it, is it a recent one? Or it's it's one? the 23rd, it's the 23rd season. Okay. But it's called um, Strongest <laughs> Woman, and they have these politically correct Strong. babies where they can't say anything about the babies because they're politically, they're calling PC babies. <laughs> it's so funny. And then you have, um, that you have a strongest woman competition and then they have a transgender um, female come in, but it's Ric Flair. Oh, and so, you, you know Ric Flair. Yes, but okay. I don't watch that before. Right, and so Ric Flair comes in talking like Ric Flair. Anyway, so then they're talking about the controversial between well, he's been doing you know X amount of sports his entire life, and yeah. then now he identifies. But they're saying it's well, this only he only started identifying eight weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. what I love about South Park is that obviously they're always in the media. They yes. take whatever <laughs> it is, but um, highly recommend I watching that one. It's actually really good. But it is. It's politically correct. It's like, well, do I not talk about it because it's my opinion, and how are people going to perceive it? And it's like, well, everyone has their opinion, but let's look at the facts. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like, yeah. let's look at the, the baseline is, 
what is the intention of the Olympics and why do they, why have they always had a male and a female? It's never been let's have everyone to, let's all have genders. Maybe maybe a long time ago, but I'm almost certain it's always been a male and a female. Or it started off as male and then started a female. So it's like there's a reason that they had a separation in the beginning. Right. And so how do we continue to have a separation, but how do we make sure that the playing the playing field for both parties is as equal if not um, comparable, not necessarily equal, but comparable yeah. for each. Yeah. And that's I, that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. I think like, and I just imagine if this scenario was happening in the UFC. You know, I don't think they were as dangerous in a sense. What is the rule for the UFC? It's just females and males, and you fight in your weight classes, and then you compete. But males versus females based me. off of what biological? <laughs> yeah, but I saw that. But no one, no one previously. Yeah, right. That's funny. Yeah, no one previously, but now moving forward, that's funny. But speaking of smoking weed, what about Mrs. Harris for the Olympics, right? What? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's huge, right? But now it's just been changed, and now she can do the trial again. So she's been pushed down to 30 days instead of 60. So her probation now ends right before the next trial race. Right. So she'll she'll be So she misses the trials, but she's still... No, now she doesn't anymore. Oh, okay. Before she did, right. her cutoff date was like a few days after the trials, and now they pushed it forward. So yeah, now she's just on probation, and like literally until the day before. The Show trial. me data that sh- that that says smoking marijuana improves your ability. So to first sport. of all, I think it's really damn impressive. Hold on, I think it's impressive that she's one of the fastest runners in the world. And I agree. <laughs> she like holy yeah. shit. So Slow every purpose. Right. Right. She's, she's just amazing. Her like her whole persona. But UFC though is the rule in which I know you saying male versus females. But what is there? How do they identify who a male and a female is? Is it based off a of biological? Is it based oh. off a of birth certificate? It like, is based off biological. Yeah, but at the moment it's just oh, as in like it's just a male. It's basically Dana White says, yeah, yay or nay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think right now it's. I think it's just separated into two different classes. But if, if there was a transgender... Although there's a few guys that say they will fight Nunez. <laughs> yeah, so if there was a transgender... So I'm saying, if there's a transgender who wanted to either do male or female... Would they allow it? I don't know. I don't know. Is there a rule on that? Or Dana White's like, fuck off, no. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't... Right now, as of now... I don't know if it's actually happened yet. You see it's its own company, I think its own rules. I, I wouldn't yeah. know. I need to do... Dana, yeah. Dana White says... <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That would be interesting though, because it is a major sport. Yeah, but yeah. but if you have Dana White privilege, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think at the moment. I mean, I know that there was a lot of like, um, was it scandal or cyborg, <laughs> cyborg, and the fact that how yeah. big she was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we adjusting our hats. Yeah. So, um, just to wrap it up, uh, I usually end the podcast by. It's a shot, isn't it? Mom? A shot. Well, oh, Jesus. All right. Shit. This is, I promise, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, so your your choice of training is what? Uh, my choice of training? Yeah. So like, uh, trying. I obviously like hypertrophy and weight training. Yeah. Obviously, I kind of related to the sport that I'm doing, so it's football. Right. So. But you train to improve your. Um. The, just, for the sport of. Football? Yeah. Soccer? Uh, uh, yeah, soccer. <laughs> Shot for that. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> for that. Yeah, what? Soccer. It is soccer. Well, you okay. Or um, a cup? Yeah, it's for the sport. Um, <laughs> so, I just like to get strong and it kind of overlays right. into the sport. Like, I had an injury on my knee 
and I got super strong on my knee and it was like, oh, I'm never gonna get that strong, but I eventually became really fast. And I was like, oh, I didn't even train for football. I just, heavy lifting, long rest, low reps. And then when I came back after my injury, I was like, I was so scared. And then I was like way faster. My, yeah. my CNS was like firing. So I didn't even have to like plan it. It's just strength training overlaid into sport. And it's so beneficial in sport. I mean, if you're a little bit more specific and you plan it and program it, then you can be really good at it. But you should train it indoor to do the outdoor. So it's like, if you're strength training, it's not just about what you can do inside. Mm -hmm. It's like, can you go on the weekend and do a hike? Can you go on a 5K run with your friends? Mm -hmm. Like, can you play with your children? Can you, like, can you bend down? Can you sit on the toilet? Yeah. Like, those easy, those are the things that we're training for. It's like, it's cool that yes, you're getting stronger and you can do certain skills, but at the end of the day, it's like, you also just want to move with ease and be able to do things on the weekends with your friends. and. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. People lose I lose track of that sometimes. So yeah. Go back I love that. any type of competition. We we had our junk. Remember your junk? Yeah, I, I think I remember it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was having junk. I remember I was no, But I was doing like was, skin the skin the caps. There was a bullet. I was like, oh I wonder if I can use skin the caps on this. Like it was just there's always just a and then we were playing both. There's always a competition or okay. Some, so first of all, there's always a competition when Stephanie is there. Always, so always, which That's is so great. Good. Which is great because yeah. she pushes everybody to their limit. That's good though. So then, you're gonna one us up on the shots, right? Because the competitions are. Right? Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's do this no. last shot. We took shots before you came. Really? Because you were so late. Really? Oh, <laughs> we did offer them too. <laughs> all right. They play. At least I know. Okay, all right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Last cheers. one. Then. Last cheers. one. You think so? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Cool guys. Mm. That's Great. a wrap. Thank you. For Woo!